Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. We're going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend, the Cardinals broadcaster for Bally Sports Midwest. He's Danny Mack joining us here on the show. Dan, on Friday night, I thought that you could make an argument that that was the best win of the season with their come-from-behind victory against the New York Yankees. And then on Saturday night, I think it's almost inarguable that that was the best win of the season, winning one to nothing against the Yankees. How was this weekend for you? What did you assess? The, uh, uh, how did you assess the Cardinals' play over the weekend? Where'd you put Sunday's win? Pretty yeah. damn good as well. All three of them are <laughs> the best so wins of the season, man. That's what's so fun about it. Yeah, all three were different. All three had drama. All three um, had the, the the guys that uh, you're counting on to to be who they are down the stretch to help you win. Palante goes back to the bullpen. Four scoreless Friday night keeps you in the game. Paul DeYoung, the big hit. Then you look at Saturday. It's one nothing. Jordan Montgomery makes his debut. He goes five innings. Looked very good. Then on Sunday, it's just a, a slugfest, and you're going back and forth. And Paul DeYoung comes through again, and your big guy uh, Nolan Arenado with a huge day. So those are the kind of games that you remember. I, I think the thing that uh, I take from it was the atmosphere. And is that the Cardinals can play with the Yankees. They can play with some of the better teams in the league. Now, the Yankees are shorthanded. They were not, uh, you know, they, they didn't have the services of Rizzo and they didn't have Giancarlo Stanton, but nothing should be taken away from the Cardinals. It was a great series, great weekend, and now they've won seven in a row. And I just talked to Paul DeYoung and he said, you know what? Now it's time to go stretch this lead and let's go win the division. He's fired up. I mean, these guys cannot wait to get to the ballpark today. Dan, that was going to be my follow-up question. Has your opinion changed about this Cardinals team in the last seven games? Um, I, I think they've improved themselves with the deadline, uh, no doubt. And I think they, they did address the major need, which was finding starting pitching, which then allows you to put Palante or if need be, you know, somebody else, maybe a Hudson in the bullpen if that's the direction you go. But I, I think – my opinion is that they're a better team than they were a week ago at the deadline just because they added those arms and they're going to be able to now address some of the other needs by the trickle-down effect of adding those two arms. And those are good arms. I mean, those are guys that are competitive. They're guys that could be, you know, in your top two or top three of your rotation. So they certainly did help um, what they needed to do in terms of addressing the needs that this team has in 2022. So now it's time to just uh, buckle up and have some fun here down the stretch. Paul DeYoung, since his return, Dan, you mentioned you were just talking to him, and he sounds confident. He should be right now. He's 6 for 25, which is a batting average, whatever. I'm not worried about that with him. 
three doubles and three home runs. All six of his hits have gone for extra bases. And then maybe most importantly, he's also got six walks. He's showing that patience. He has as many walks in this stretch of games, eight games, as he did in the first 25 games of the regular season. What does this version of Paul DeYoung mean for the Cardinals? Well, you you stole my thunder. I was going to go with the walks. And that, to me, is an indication that he's seeing the ball well. And by the way, his average would be a lot better, and I'd be curious what uh, the numbers show, and I haven't seen it, but he's hitting rockets sometimes too. Um, you know, like the game on Sunday, the one time he made an out, he hit a bullet to short, So, and I think it was like 104 or 105 miles an hour. So, I mean, he's hitting the ball hard, which is great, and he's going to run into his strikeouts. There's no doubt that's part of who he is. It always has been, but um, I, I think the confidence there of understanding the strike zone and then a lot of times guys will strike out a bunch when they're not confident. So I think we're seeing a version of a guy that went down, did his work, didn't pout, and that's one of the things I talk about with Paul. He's like, no, man, I, I went down there and worked. I, I, I wanted to get back here. I want to show that I can be the player that I uh, can be, have been, and will be. And so uh, credit to him to come back and, and to put up these numbers. Dan, we were talking about this a little bit ago, and it- – despite them still scoring the amount of runs that they did over the weekend against the Yankees, they're struggling in the leadoff position. Who do you feel like is that leadoff player for Ali Marmol that they're still searching for? Well, I think the guy that they've had there could be, which is Dylan Carlson. And if Tommy Edmond can get back to the form that he was at the beginning of the season, that's the other option. And I I think that's something that they would entertain if they see that he's swinging the bat. Well, now, I do know he's been nursing some little nagging injuries and things of that uh, nature that have maybe hindered his performance. But I think if you had 100% of Tommy Edmond as a switch hitter, that would be one of the options. And the other one is Dylan Carlson. Carlson didn't have a great weekend, but he's going to be fine. And it's part of the growing pains. I have to remind myself he's 23 years old. And so uh, to answer your question, Alex, I think either one of those guys at the top of the lineup, if they're swinging the bat well, fits that that mold because – really the reality is is that you're just trying to get guys on in front of Goldie and Arnato, And I don't care how you do it. I love seeing Donovan in that second spot. I actually think that that's a good spot for him. I felt that for a long time because he can go long and do in a bat. He can get walks. He'll get the hit by pitch. And so he he gets on in front of those guys. You got to get guys on in front of that, that two-headed monster of Goldie and, and Arnato, and if you do, you're, you're going to have success. Dan, if you're Ali Marmol, do you consider experimenting with it at all with maybe like a Lars Nupar, Brennan Donovan at the leadoff, or do you think you just keep going with the guys that you're hoping can be those for you? I, I think you can. I, I just don't know if I want to mess with anything. When, when I'm winning seven in a row, I'm probably not yeah. going to mess with a lot of things that are going on right now unless a guy is – really really struggling and I don't see that yet but I I think if you get to a point even if you're winning 10 in a row or 12 in a row and that guy at the top just doesn't look right and don't worry about the team you're worried about the individual and trying to put him in the best position to have success then I think you do but at this point I think you you kind of leave it alone we're talking to Danny Mack for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN Uh, Dan by the way I just looked up what you were talking about with Paul DeYoung and the exit velocities how hard he's hitting the ball Uh, Since he's come back, his average exit velocity is at 95.9 miles per hour. The highest average exit velocity in baseball this year is Jordan Alvarez at 95.8. So he, on average, since returning, has hit the ball harder than anybody has all season long. Small sample size, all of those disclaimers you want to throw out there. He's crushing the ball right now. That's really nice to see. I did want to ask you about Jack Flaherty, though, because... 
Ali Marmold is sounding very confident that he's going to be able to return to the big league club at some point uh, in September, potentially. Have you talked to anybody about his potential return and how much are you buying into this this time around? Well, anybody I have has been really guarded with it in terms of just, hey, let's get him on a rehab. Let's see what the peripheral numbers look like. Spin rate, velocity, where is it? Where's his arm angle once we get eyes on him and the lights are on and not just throwing bullpens? Um, I can get excited about bullpens, too, and I'm excited to, to know that this is even on the table. But to, to answer your question, I haven't done a lot of digging on it, and I've done that on purpose. I, I think I'm going to kind of wait to, to see when the – you know what I mean? It, it's when you, you all of a sudden have – a real game that you're dealing with and the opposition is real and, um, and you know, you amp it up and, and you're running out of time with him. So I just think that you got to be very, very cautious in, in how optimistic that you are. Hey, I, I'd like to be optimistic about it. I will be, but I want to see it firsthand before, you know, we start thinking about, Hey, is this legitimate to where he can get back in that rotation? Dan, how close do you think Tyler O'Neill is to, to breaking out since his return? Oh man, I've I've said like five different times. I think he's close. Um, <laughs> I, I think the best I've seen him, Alex, was in Boston, and then he got hurt. Yeah, and I thought, you know, that's that's the guy. That's that's the guy that could be the difference maker for this lineup. And I thought we were starting to see that in the Chicago series. And the thing I look for with Tyler O'Neill is if he's taking the ball to right. I mean, they they put the shift on. He'll take a pitch that's up or a fastball away, and he'll drive it to right. And he had some really good at-bats in the Chicago series. So I think he's close. Um, I don't think he's quite there yet. Maybe that changes tonight. We'll see. But um, I do think he's close. But, again, I've said that a lot, and then I get disappointed. So we'll see how it plays out. Dan, I thought that it was really – I think Derek Gould put it this way, and I liked the way he framed it. He said he thought that Jose Quintana was impressive – and Jordan Montgomery looked capable over the weekend. And Montgomery was put into a really tough spot going up against his former team. It's a, a million degrees outside. The cramps came, all, all of those different things. What was your assessment of Montgomery and Quintana the first time that we saw them around in the Cardinals rotation? Well, we always talk about when a player gets traded, what does that do for the individual? And then what does it do for the team? So I'll start with Quintana. Um, you go from Pittsburgh, and it's no disrespect to the, the Pirate fans, but they're going nowhere, they're not drawing, and all of a sudden you get thrown into a pennant race with 43,000 there in the middle of the week against the Cubs. I would assume he really likes that. So uh, you're, you're going to get a boost out of him. You're going to get that jump. Now, let's flip that with Montgomery, where you're on the best team on the planet, and they just got rid of you. And they're the team, and that first time you get traded to, I've talked to players about this, it's really hard on them. It's like, wow. You know, that Quintana's been around forever. He's been traded. He's been with various teams. It's part of the business. But that first time that you're in a rotation and you think that you're a part of this and those are your buddies that you went through the minor leagues with and now all of a sudden you're, you're out and you get traded, it's an emotional experience. It's part of the business, and this is you're learning firsthand. If you're Jordan Montgomery, this is a business decision. But I also think you try to embrace it. and You say, hey, they didn't want me. So I'm done with that chapter of my career. And these guys wanted me, and they gave up a really nice piece to go get me. And I'm still in a pennant situation. So I'm going to make the most of it. And I, I do think it's unfair to judge him. And I think Derek's assessment, if that was right, you know, capable, is probably the right description of that first game. Um, we, I was doing the radio, and we, there was a camera on him during a break, and it, right before the first pitch. 
And I couldn't tell if he was, like, emotional. Was he overheated? I mean, he looked gassed. Like, he really looked gassed. So it was tough to, I think, make an assessment fully on him until we see him a couple of times out and, and see, you know, how he feels. But I, I would say this, you're, you're leaving the, the American League East. You're going to a good club. You're always going to have big crowds. And you're pitching at a ballpark that is huge. So there's a lot of pluses to come in here. And you've got another year before you hit free agency to make the most of it. So there's a lot of things that he can do to, to make himself a lot of money by pitching well here in St. Louis. Final thing that I've got for Danny Mack. He's joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Dan, I had to just look this up because I legitimately didn't even know what the numbers and until this moment, frankly, didn't care what they were. But Yadier Molina is batting 167 with an OPS below 420 since his return. Don't care about yep, any of care. that. Yep. I, I, you know the old cliche, you don't know what you've got until it's gone? I yeah. I missed you out here, Molina. <laughs> I, I have been reminded over the last week or so uh, the importance of what he means to this team. Can you put in context to us, as somebody who's been watching this guy for his entire career here in St. Louis, what it has been like to watch him work his magic over the last week for this team? Well, I'll give you a few things. Number one, as a fan, I missed him. I, I missed the ovations that he gets at Bush Stadium. Uh, knowing that this is his final year. So I, I just think that's cool. As a baseball guy, I love seeing, and if, whether it's Molina, Wainwright, Albert, or even players with other teams that I've seen going out in their final year. Um, and I think of Derek Jeter coming through St. Louis his final year. Chipper Jones. You know, some of these great players that we've had that have played in St. Louis for their final time. I, I just love seeing that from a fan's perspective. Now, what does he mean to the team? Well, since he came up as a full-time catcher in 2005, there have been 550 to 600 fewer stolen base attempts against the Cardinals. The next closest team is Arizona. So that's number one. Then all you have to do is watch the ninth inning on, on Saturday night and understand his importance to the team. And it's not a disrespect to Kisner, Romine, anybody else you want to put back there, Yvonne Herrera. The guy just has a feel for what to do. And that's not going to show up on the analytic sheets. It's not going to show up on your defensive metrics. But, man, if there was a, a metric for smarts and how to get a guy through it that didn't have his best stuff, because I'll tell you this, Gallegos did not have his slider that, or curveball or whatever you want to call it, but that little invisible that he's got, it wasn't there. And you've got the middle of the lineup coming up. And he went out there and talked to him, and they went through the game plan. And watching how he guided through that inning was like, wow. And then on Sunday with a long, long, the longest game in the history of Bush Stadium three for nine innings, and it's hotter than hell back there, and he's guiding everybody through that you know, gauntlet of a lineup, I don't think you can understand how important he has been to this team. So I, it goes back to when he first came up. Tony LaRusso said, I don't care if he ever hits. I just want him back there for his defense because he's so good. He's a savant at seeing the game and having an understanding for the game that it's on another level. And I've always said there's been a few savants that I've covered that they, these are the best players in the world that we're watching every night. I don't care who you think is the worst player on that field. He's still awesome. He's one of the best in the world. But there's a handful of guys that I've watched, Jimmy Edmonds, Chris Carpenter, Albert, and Yachty, that see the game at a different level and, and can anticipate and have an understanding of what people are trying to do to them and vice versa. And Yachty does that. And so to see what he did over the weekend is one of the main reasons why they won that series. 
Dan, it was great to catch up, man. Over on scoopswithdannymac.com, you guys have a really good conversation between uh, Martin Kilcoin and John Mosaloc that I listened to earlier today. We played a clip from that on the show. Uh, I highly recommend everybody go over to the website to be able to listen to that. He talked a little bit. I thought it opened up a little bit more on the Cardinals' interest in Juan Soto and to what extent they were interested in making that move. Uh, so check out that interview over at scoopswithdannymac.com. Dan will be watching you later on today on Bally Sports Midwest. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. We'll catch you up next week. Sounds good. That's Danny Mac joining us here on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.